Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. So welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. Today, I've got uh, Tanner Hubbard and Melissa Dunn with, with our team uh, as our guest today, just to talk about a little part of the VIP way that some of you may not know about. So just a quick reminder, the VIP way, uh, really four steps. And these are steps that came out of my time, or just really around the world trying to change cultures. First one uh, is setting high expectations for people. And we talk about behavioral expectations, performance expectations, core values in your company, things like that. Raising the bar, so to speak. And then having a robust hiring process, getting those people that will live up to those high expectations. The third part, third box then is really training everyone on those expectations. So your staff level people, leadership, et cetera. And then finally, the fourth box is talks about having a culture of accountability. Not only holding individuals accountable to those expectations, but are we really looking to see how the organization is doing culture-wise? So things like an employee satisfaction survey, basically a small survey that just takes the pulse of what people are thinking about their overall work experience, their pay, their benefits, safety, the facilities they work in, room for advancement, et cetera. Then we talk about an, an upward feedback survey, which is specific to supervisors, managers, is he or she living out the VIP way? The, the thing that I want to talk about today, we call it a culture audit, and that might sound fancy or legal or something, like an audit, but really all it's doing is a, it's a human touch point uh, where we can see either after an employee satisfaction survey to talk to employees anonymously to get more data, more color to what came out of that survey, or maybe it's the first step that an organization or a client does to say, hey, we want to really hear what's on our people's minds outside of doing that that data-driven survey, so to speak. So that's what we call a culture audit. So Tanner, give our listeners just a quick overview. What, what does that look like in practice? And then I'm going to ask Melissa to give us some of her thoughts and from her previous life when she was in the human resources field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, as you already alluded to, John, I think um, the, the value in a culture audit, or really whatever you want to call it, because I agree that can sound like legal or, or intimidating, um, it really doesn't matter what you call it. I just, it's, it's a way to get some, um, real feedback, um, open-ended feedback, uh, as opposed to just, you know, numbers and data, which are valuable in their own way, but this is go, a way to go a little bit deeper. Um, and so I, we've seen clients do this both ways, both as follow-ups, as you mentioned, or sometimes there have been situations that have happened that we're not privy to. That's not, you know, we don't work there, but they say, hey, we've had some internal something going on. We want to see how, you know, what's going on with people, what, what are their thoughts on it. So it's nice for us to kind of come up with a clean slate and just hear from folks about what's going well, what could be improved. Um, but really, I think the best companies do this on a regular basis. They don't wait for something to happen. They may not even do it as a follow-up to a survey. They're just saying, hey, every year we want an outside perspective on our culture, what's going well, what can be improved. And so regardless, you know, we're, we're flexible in the way we plug in and add value uh, depending on the client and the situation. But in essence, that's what we're doing. We, we talk to either a sampling of employees or depending on the size of the company, we like to be able to talk to all employees for maybe 20 or 30 minutes and 
really what we're focused on is nothing specific. Even when something has happened per se, we don't go in and ask pointed questions like, Hey, what do you think about X, Y, Z? Cause that's very, uh, intimidating. It's maybe leading like, Oh, what are you here looking for? Um, we really say what's going well, uh, what could be improved and, uh, what could leadership being be doing differently or do be doing more of or less of to help, uh, employees here. And so, a lot of times people do come in a little on edge because they don't know what to expect maybe, but most of the time those conversations end up very relaxed, very uh, open um, as they see that we're not looking for something specific. We're just wanting their opinion on, on what's going well, what could be improved. Um, and, you know, we don't turn in any names or specific specific situations that are, un you know, um, kind of unreported if it's only coming from one source or two sources you know we're not going to go in and, and put somebody on display but if a lot of people are saying the same thing those are the type of things that we highlight exactly so so what we share with the company side of things so speaking of the decision makers the management ownership whoever after these conversations we provide them a report um, on really a couple of categories it could again vary a little bit depending on the, the industry and the, and the organization but really it's people, operations, and culture. And, the, and in those three areas, what's going well, what could be improved, and then what are our suggested action items from the John Harrison team? And realize, like John already said this, well, we're not the ones that change these things. We don't go in and make anything happen. We're just suggesting from our opinion, our outside perspective, how we've seen other companies do this well in the past, um, some potential things that ownership, leadership could consider as they move forward to address some of the, the real or perceived issues uh, that were raised in those conversations. So I really, again, it, it can sound intimidating. It can feel intimidating to, to maybe start one of those or be included in one of those as, as an employee that has to kind of share their feedback. But I think when it's all said and done, companies see that it's actually very informal. It's very relaxed. But at the end of the day, they get a really substantial report that's not holding anybody's feet to the fire. It's just saying, Here's what people are thinking that work here. Here's some things that you could focus on going forward. Yeah, I love that. And actually, I'll say this. like When I took over different plants for Caterpillar, one thing I always did was went out and worked on the shop floor. <clears throat> and that was to, for me to learn the processes, but also people. I also talked to everybody in the office. I kind of did one of these, even though I didn't mm -hmm. call it that. Because I, I heard from Caterpillar Inc., right? I heard from the corporation, you need to go to Australia and fix X. And then I'd get there and I'd ask people, what, why are we not doing well? And I'd get interesting answers, usually people pointing fingers at other groups. But then when I just chatted with people, and sometimes to Tanner's point, sometimes people would say, well, I don't, I don't have anything to really say. And I'd go, so everything's great here? Well, it's not great here. It's a, you know, and i go, well, what's not great? Well, you know, training's not very good. And pretty soon we'd been talking for 20 minutes and I got some really good feedback. So it's that, in effect, that's all we're doing is just kind of getting some of that information. So Melissa, in your background, you've worked at small companies, large companies uh, as a senior human resource professional. So if a, if a listener now said, well, that's a great idea, but we'll just do it ourselves. Why would we want an outside person to do it? And, and we're not saying it has to be, but what have you seen from your side where that might add some value? Yeah. So Internally, typically in an HR role, you have perspective, you have visibility on things, and people know that you know things, right? right. Um, and it's difficult sometimes to keep the bias or that information outside of that process so that you can make an unbiased decision or recommendation. Um, I can remember early in my career, we would do employee satisfaction surveys. 
And at the end of them, we would break everybody into groups. <laughs> we would have everybody come into the room and say, okay, let's talk about the results. What are some of the things on your mind that you think may have contributed to the score or this rating? And people were still just extremely apprehensive to talk. Um, crickets in the room usually. Occasionally there was a person here or there that would speak up and say something, but Really, you know, the whole point in the discussion is to get things on the table that are pot potential solutions, not necessarily a gripe session or event session or anything like that. But, um, you know, you could tell them it was anonymous. They didn't believe that it was anonymous. And that's one of the things with having an external person come in is that, you know, you can truly say, A, it's anonymous and B, we're only presenting themes or possible solutions uh, related to the themes that we've heard. So. It's, um, it's a great option, I think, for people to do that, whether it's us or you use somebody else, um, because the, the person that's there is really just there to gather the facts and the information and present it in a, a bundled effect, if you will. Yeah, and one couple things, I guess, coming out of that, I think we, you know, again, someone might think, well, like you said, I'm afraid to say something, so I'm not going to do it with an internal person. But they might think, well, they're going to be afraid to talk to you guys, too, because they don't know you. Right. Well, and yeah, so... What we, when Tanner mentioned companies doing this once a year, that's generally what's happened with our folks. Like they, that's what they're thinking. And so if they see John or Tanner or Melissa walk in the door, they're used to us. So again, we're not saying if you sign up for this, you sign up for 10 years in a row. But, but if, if an outside group becomes, they see us in other ways, they see me doing a training now and then or something, it's not like, well, who is this? Is this a you know, like a SWAT team or the FBI coming in here. This is just people we know. And so I think that's that's the benefit. Because certainly there will be people that might be a little reluctant, no matter who's in the room, because they might think someone's recording this or... Yeah, we've, um, we've experienced that recently with a client too, is that, you know, they... I was new to the process with this particular client and I would introduce myself, but they equally equated me to the VIP way and John Harrison. So there was like a level of trust there automatically relative to my association with the company. But um, people, I think people understand particularly that have a relationship with us that we just want people in their organization to have abundant life in whatever way that they term that. Right. And we're truly there because we want to help the organization improve themselves, whether it be through the employee satisfaction, upward feedback, or these culture audits. It's really just another avenue to get things on the table for discussion. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen over, you know, five or six years doing this with the John Harrison team. Not that this is a huge part of what we spend our time doing, but it's definitely a, a service we've provided for a number of years now for several clients. Um but I have seen that that level of trust because even if it were the first time doing this with a client, generally there's been a relationship there, which is why they've asked us in. And so, you know, same thing as you were saying, Melissa, you know, introduce myself and they'll be like, oh, I know y'all, y'all did our employee satisfaction survey or, oh yeah, no, I remember seeing John, you know, such and such at our meeting or whatever. And so they already kind of have that buy-in. And then even better than that is those clients where we do an annual fairly regularly for, you know, several years in a row, we're doing this annual audit. And so we come in and people aren't like expecting like, Hey, why are you here? What are you doing? They're just like, Oh, Hey, it's that time of the year again. Let's go talk to John's team. And, and they're like, no, you know, things have been good. And it's amazing how many times we've heard, you know, since the last time you're here, we've seen X, Y, and Z happen. It doesn't mean the place is perfect and they still generally have feedback on what's going on now. Um, but the companies who are doing this 
best aren't perfect, but they're intentional about these changes and their employees are seeing that they're intentional about it. Cause they're like, Hey, I chatted with these folks last year and we saw stuff happen out of that. And so, um, I think that again, it all comes back to that trust factor. It does. And I think the other piece we haven't mentioned is you also want to know what things people love that you're doing. Like, it's not like you said, it's not just a gripe session, sure. Melissa, but some people might go, you know, that, that meeting we had in March, man, that was fantastic. And the leadership might go, I, we, I kind of forgot about that meeting. They, they really loved that meeting, yes. Or, man, they loved when we did that, you know, little fun fun game at our all-employee meeting. It could be just little things that mean a lot to people. And so that's the other reason. Because so like Tanner said, we're not just saying, okay, what's wrong around here? What's going well? And, and it might be just this, sometimes it's very small things that make a big impact in people's lives. So you don't want to stop those things that are driving employee engagement too. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think if people feel heard, that's the most important thing. And sometimes just because the minutiae in a business and the fast pace in which a business is running, HR people or even your manager or the senior leadership can't listen necessarily. They may hear you, but they can't listen. So to hear it coming from a third party or someone outside is just confirmation, I guess, that some of those things are really going well, or there's some areas that need some focus. I was just going to piggyback on that because Melissa brought up a really key point in that what I feel like our team can bring to the table. And again, not trying to self-promote that every, you know, all of our clients, all of our listeners go and sign up for a culture audit. You know, it may be valuable to you or not, depending on your situation. But what I do think our team can bring to the table is that combination of experience, having been in the trenches, um, but being that outside perspective, that unbiased, hopefully, you know, coming in without, you know, picking a side, so to speak, if there are issues that are raised, um, because it's not like we've just, you know, we didn't walk out of university and step into here and draw, Hey, what's going on and, and pretend like everything's great. We, we know how to deal with those people who come in with their arms crossed and are like, I don't want to talk to you cause I'm going to get you know, fired or whatever. We know how to deal with that. We, and again, not saying we have all the answers, but we've been around the block a little bit, even, you know, in my young career, I've seen some of this. I've definitely seen it in the last five or six years here at the John Harrison team. Melissa's seen this on both sides of the fence, you know, in previous HR roles and now working for our team. So we, that, that doesn't throw us off. We don't get flustered and be like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how to deal with this. I've had people stonewall me and walk out. I've had people cuss at me. That's, very, very few and far between. Most people are very open to this, maybe a little apprehensive, but we can get them pretty comfortable pretty quickly in our conversations. Yeah, good point. And I think the other thing now, we all know culture is more important than ever in the workplace. People are expecting probably more of a, you know, culture where they can speak up. I'd, I'd say even when you're interviewing people to say, well, here's one thing our company does. Not only do we measure employee engagement through a survey, whatever, but we also, at least once a year, we talked to a, a huge sampling of employees or all employees, as Tanner said, because we, we want to hear what's on your mind. And I'm telling you, some people will go, I've, I've never worked at a place that did that. Like, you know, they, they talk to managers, but they don't talk to hourly people or whatever. So, so bottom line of today was just to kind of get that thought process out there. If, if you've never thought about doing something like this, it's a good chance, especially at the beginning of the year, maybe first quarter to, to be thinking about doing some of this stuff, but you can start anytime, right? And just, just try it, just get feedback from your people. Again, whether you use us or someone else, but I think, um, if it becomes kind of a standard practice for you, I think you'll see huge benefit in it. Your people will see benefit in it. And it's, it's not, 
Uh, it's not a huge time commitment. It's not a huge expense, but I think you'll find it uh, really valuable. Like I said, it really boils back to some of my days early on at Caterpillar trying to get the pulse of the organization. And, and I've said this before, any kind of survey, right? If it's an employee satisfaction survey, that's very similar to going to the doctor and getting your lab results. And when you get the lab results, it might say your cholesterol is high or you have to do this or that. It should drive behavior. And so whether it's a data survey like the employee satisfaction survey itself or a culture audit, all you're doing is just trying to take a pulse and not letting it go too far before things go the wrong direction or you stop doing something that people love. And be prepared to take action where action needs to be taken. That's the other thing I would say, because you don't want something out there, you know it was talked about, and then leadership decides to do nothing with it because that could equally backfire. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and I think that is, that's a great point because I think some organizations don't want to do the things we just talked about because I'm like, oh, shoot, now if we do that, we're going to have to yeah. communicate and maybe change something. Well, fine, you could not do that. But I think, again, you, you'll find that you, there's not, many times it's just a few little things that might need to be enhanced or changed or stopped or whatever. And like to Tanner's point, they'll go, wow, they, they actually did that. We told them that that was kind of, you know, wasn't great or those meetings were too long or whatever, and they, and they changed those. And like you said, Melissa, now they've, they've been heard and you start to build up trust. And I think that's that's key. So if you're interested in anything about what we talked about today, uh, just reach out on our website, reach out to uh, any of us and say that you wanna hear some more about some culture audit information. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.